Welcome to episode 249 of On The Schmooze. Let's do this. Welcome to On The Schmooze, the podcast that highlights talented people from different fields, explores how they built strong networks, and overcame challenges on their way to becoming successful leaders. Now here's your host, Robbie Samuels. I left my career at the end of 2014 to pursue speaking and coaching full-time. Every course I purchased, and there were quite a few, stated how important it was that I identify my ideal client. The typical exercise proposed in these programs, think about your favorite clients, the ones you love working with. What are their characteristics? Do they drink Starbucks or Dunkin', et cetera, et cetera. But I was in a pivot and I knew that the clients I'd worked with from 2009 to 2014 were not the clients I wanted to be working with going forward. In 2017, soon after my first book was released, I started to get an answer to this ideal client question. Although to be honest, they found me way before I recognized them. I told my friend and mentor, Dory Clark, that I was going to pilot an online program. Her prophecy, you're going to learn a lot. Truer words have never been spoken. Despite a sales page that was written to attract the wrong kind of clients, my ideal clients showed up to be part of my pilot group coaching program. They knew me personally and knew I had skills they could learn from. At the time, writing sales pages was not one of those skills. Before I launched the second cohort a few months later, I made changes to the sales page, incorporating video testimonials from pilot members, still having no sense who my ideal clients were. Despite 250 people clicking to check out my sales page, I'm good at marketing, that's for sure, no one clicked to schedule a call with me. While that was happening, five people, who I would later realize were my ideal clients, reached out for help launching a podcast, launching a book, and with business growth strategy. Like I said, I couldn't see it. Finally, I realized that all the people who took my pilot and reached out for coaching had some things in common. One, I liked working with them. Two, I could help them. And three, they were all going through a transition in their business, launching a book or a podcast, looking to create their first one-to-many offer, starting a business after leaving corporate, or looking to speak more frequently. And they were all entrepreneurial women in their 50s. When I get asked why entrepreneurial women in their 50s and beyond are my ideal clients, I usually just say, they found me. But I know there's more to it than that, and I appreciate that they see me as someone they can trust. Perhaps it's because one of my very first blog posts and podcast episodes was, when will women win the right to pockets? But seriously, once I recognized this was true, I reached out to a few of the women and after months of trying, easily filled the spots for my second cohort. And that's why my masterminds, including the one I'm currently filling for next year, have always been specifically for entrepreneurial women in their 50s and beyond. And you can check out my mastermind and other coaching options at robbysamuels.com forward slash coaching. Your challenge for this week, watch my free masterclass, Discover Your Ideal Client at robbysamuels.com 
forward slash masterclass and ask yourself these questions. Is there a type of person that keeps asking you for support? Is there something everyone goes to you for, for advice? It's really hard to know yourself without taking into account how others see us. Pay attention to these trends and when you can, notice the patterns. Within those patterns is really valuable information that can help you grow your business. Try this and let me know how it goes. Now, before we dive into this week's interview, I wonder if you resonated with my description of my ideal client. Are you interested in working with me one-on-one through maybe a half-day deep dive or a coaching package? Or maybe you want to know more about the mastermind program for entrepreneurial women. Again, you can learn more at robbysamuels.com forward slash coaching. Also, a variation of the story I shared today was first published in my weekly email on August 28th, 2018, and will be featured in my new book coming out later this year. Now, onto this week's interview. Today's guest wants women to live their most epic life every day. She's a master facilitator, a leadership trainer, joy instigator, and community strategist who first fell in love with transformational leadership as a camp counselor. Two degrees and 15 years of facilitation training later, she decided to give herself permission to be the professional camp counselor she knew she was born to be. She's the founder of the Magnetic Leader Collective, where she trains leaders and speakers to connect powerfully with their audience through creating epic and engaging meetings, workshops, and events. Her mission is to empower, inspire, and motivate leaders to cultivate confidence and create transformational experiences that change people's lives. Please join me in welcoming Marley Williams. So happy to be here. Marley, thank you so much for joining us from your home in Portland, Oregon. As you know, this is a podcast about building strong networks and the context is leadership. So tell me, how do you define leadership? And when did you realize you had the skills to lead? Mm, Such a good question. I love that. Um, There's a definition of leadership that I absolutely love, which is making something happen that wouldn't already be happening. Like the ability to see what's possible and like really make something happen uh, rather than like if if things are just like the status quo and you're just going with that versus like I can see what's possible and I'm willing to like step up and into a position of leadership and say, this is what's possible. Here's where we're going. Let's make something happen. So I really think like bottom line the ability to make something happen. Gosh, I, what I love about doing this show, and I say this probably every third or fourth episode, but I love when I hear a definition that I haven't heard or a way of saying it that I haven't heard before. And mm. it's true that if it's like status quo, you're managing, right? You're just kind of moving things through the process that already exists and making sure everyone's doing their job right. Like that's a great definition of manager. But if you're doing beyond that and looking for the possibility and then helping others see it too, and then all of you sort of striving for the, probably the unknown as well, there's like a void or, or something missing or something mm. that's needed. Like that's that, I mean, and that doesn't necessarily mean a leadership title. It's just, it's you speaking up. Like that's right. also like a leadership moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like that piece of seeing something that's missing or seeing what's possible and choosing to do something about it rather than just like feeling complacent or apathetic of like, oh, there's, 
there's nothing that I can do. Like leadership is saying like, there is something I can do and I'm willing to do it. I love it. All right, so let's wind the clock back. When do you think you started to get that sense of it for yourself? You maybe didn't have the word leader in your mind, Mm. but you know, when do you think these tendencies started to appear for you? Yeah, it's really interesting because people ask me all the time, like, Marley, have you always been this way? Like, I'm pretty enthusiastic. I have a lot of energy. I feel like I have some like natural leadership skills. And, you know, I think about when I was a kiddo and kind of wanting to like be the person to help build the fort or like be the, I was never the best player, like athletically, but I was always the team captain. And it was really about like just bringing people together and community. And like my house was always like the house that I wanted everyone to come back to after the football game. And it was like hosting and creating community. And so it was like, always felt like just such a big part of who I am. And I always like wanted to be involved. Like there was just kind of this natural inclination, you know, student council and I was an RA in college. Um, And I remember it was my junior year of high school. There was a week-long leadership camp. And out of like all of the students in my class, they chose me to go to it. And so there was this like almost having, it's like, do you define yourself as a leader or does someone else kind of like pull it or see it in you and like help you see that in yourself? And so I went to Colorado and I had this like amazing week-long leadership experience with all of these other students that were self-selected as well and said like, you are a leader of the school, go and learn this and like kind of bring it back, right? So that was kind of an external someone seeing me in that way. Uh, and I've just been, I mean, when you, if I go home and I look at all of the books that I had growing up, um, or like, especially in high school, it was like positive psychology and like leadership and all of these things that I was just naturally drawn to. Um, like wow. The, that last yeah. part's really interesting. Cause I don't know if you like did a survey of like the average high school students reading back in those years, you you would see those books. Um, you're like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, The Power of Now, that was definitely one of the books on my shelf. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, I have all of these, like, I loved quotes. Like I had books and books full of like positive quotes and motivation and inspiration. And it was just always the the stuff that I was drawn to. I bought the book. I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, The Invitation by Oriah Mountain Dreamer is like, I mean, I bought that book when I was like 18 and it was really about like, you know, stepping into your brilliance and inviting you into like owning your awesomeness kind of thing, you know? Oh, what a great, I mean, that's a great book for an 18 year old, right? Like, yeah, 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 exactly. I have to say like, there's a lot of this that I can really relate to, not the sports part. Cause I definitely skipped that whole part of life, <laughs> but the, um, the like wine to bring it together, use the word host. Like, I think you and I really share like hosting things and, you know, um, I don't know if you realize because you're meeting me as a, you know, we got introduced sort of through this podcast, um, but I was teaching people how to network at conferences for like a decade. My background is like networking and teaching networking, community building. I've created like several, you know, thousand plus 3,000, 5,000, 10,000 person communities over my life. So I'm really big on that. And then when the pandemic hit and everything stopped being in person, uh, I actually shifted and I'm now a virtual event design consultant and an executive Zoom producer. And I'm bringing that same message around events are about content and connection into the virtual space because now virtual events are synonymous with events. 
but it really all stems from engagement. Like the fact that I'm geeking out about the tech is sort of just lucky for me, but I'm like, we've got to solve this riddle. And right. I'm like you, like everyone would come together. Like I love mashing people together and just seeing what would happen and hosting things. And so that's leadership in a different kind of way, like that hosting mindset. But then there's the piece where you were seen as a leader in your junior year. And I had a moment in my junior year where um, we went to my state capital uh, for to to do like a you know a lobby day to fight against budget cuts um, that mm. were hitting our education. And I brought a bag of bagels and cream cheese and a big thermos full of coffee. And I sat down next to super the assistant superintendent at the time. And um, and then when I graduated high school, he was a superintendent and he wrote me a recommendation. <laughs> so. Um, you know, nice. I'm like, wherever I go, I'm going to bring all of this. And, um, yeah. but yeah, those moments of like opportunity to step in a little bit more and have people mm. see you for that. Um, yeah. that's great. And a lot of people don't like go back far enough. They're like, well, when I was 42 or when I was 25 in grad school. Um, but it sounds like you kind of always have been you. Do you have people in your life though, that, that like demonstrated this kind of leadership that like, mm. are you, the, are you like amongst people who think you're like you, or are you like you found your way despite not necessarily being in a community of people who thought like you. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think growing up, luckily my, my parents were around and super, I mean, I feel like they really encouraged my involvement and I definitely had like mentors and teachers who I looked up to and wanted to, you know, emulate them or be more like them. And, uh, I remember one of the one of my mentors, it was my freshman year of college. And I think it was like seriously, like the first or second week of school. Like here I am, like University of Illinois, 30,000 people. Like it's a huge school. And I walk around uh, campus and I see this flyer and it said free leadership retreat. And I was like, okay, like hotel, hot tub, like leadership, like sign me up. Like where, where do I go? So they go to the leadership office and I'm like, I hear about this retreat. Like, can I sign up? You know, this is just things that I do. I'm such, I'm a very yes person. Like, yeah, let's try that. I'll like do anything. Right. And the woman who ran this leadership retreat, her name was Sarah Thompson. And she was like the coolest person that I had ever met. And she was like the director of the leadership center on campus. Right. And she had done this thing called outward bound that uh, I had never really heard about, or maybe I'd heard about, but like never knew someone that did it. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be as cool as Sarah Thompson, uh, I'm going to go on this outward bound thing. So I decided the summer after my freshman year of college to go on not a five day, not a 10 day, but a 50 day outward bound course. How many? Uh, five zero? Five zero. So like five zero. two months in the woods. <laughs> Wow. With a group of people that I didn't know. And I was like, like, and it really, like, I really, I remember telling my parents at 19, I, I want to go on this outward bound course to find myself and like figure out who I am and what I want to do with my life. Cause I, I was undecided. I was in college. Like, what do I want to do? Um, and so my outward bound instructors then became these like amazing, incredible superhero mentors to me. Because what I, what I loved so much about that course was it was um, physically challenging, right? Like we did rafting and kayaking and rock climbing and backpacking and all of these physical things. But it was really like, who are you? And who do you want to be? 
And it was about leadership and communication and teamwork. And I was just like a sponge for it. And it was, it was the experience was so powerful, but it was like who you become through that experience. And that was really my introduction into experiential education and outdoor education, which is actually what I got my degree in. So I ended up transferring schools um, after that, my junior year to major in outdoor education. And then there I had all of these amazing mentors who were just incredible leaders and teachers and guides. And I, one of them, her name is Lori Gullion. And I was like, I want to be, I want to be like her. And it was just her ability to facilitate transformation in people through the outdoors. So it was like the outdoors were the, a medium for personal growth, personal development and transformation. And I was like, I am just like, I would geek out on that. I'm like, let's, let's go, let's do this. So I feel like all along the way, you know, and ever since then, I've just had people that I've admired, I've looked up to, um, and to kind of answer your question, really intentionally choosing like who I surround myself with. You know, I love, I love that quote, that you are the average of the five people you Jim spend Rohn. the most time with. Right. Yeah. So good. And it's like, all right. And, and I was immersed in outdoor education, you know? And so I was around all of these people who cared about leadership and, you know, wanted to talk about these things. And, um, you know, I got my master's degree in education. So we, you know, and I was a wilderness guide for years and, it was just like, I was immersed in this language of how to lead, how to lead powerful transformational experiences. Like that is the, the through line and the thread throughout all of my work and finding people that were really good at doing it and learning from them, you know? <laughs> what's, what's amazing is how lost you were and how lost you had to get to find yourself. Right. Like in the middle of the woods, here we go. <laughs> and say yeah. yes to say yes to things. I mean, um, you know, yeah. clearly you already went, you went into college with a, with a mindset that you wanted to learn leadership. You see this flyer, you think it's written just for you. Clearly it was written just for you. You go, you meet somebody that you look up to and you're like, I like this person. Well, how do they get to be who they are? Oh, they did this outward bound thing that I know nothing about. Oh, there's a two month option to do like, wow. Um, that's a huge, yes. You put yourself into opportunities. A lot of people say to me, they don't know how to find mentors. And, mm. you know, if you extend yourself well outside your comfort zone into a space like that, where it's structured to help you when you've done that, you are going to be surrounded by mentors because they are positioning themselves to mentor you. Like yeah. if you safely kind of navigate or try to safely navigate the world. There's no one looking to mentor you because you're playing it safe. So this goes back to what you said about managing, well, I said about managing and you said about leadership. Like you sought out the change for yourself. Right. And I, I want to like underline exclamation point, something that you said, which was, it's, I talk about this idea of become the type of person someone can't help, but help. Mm. Meaning like become the type of person that someone is just like, I want to help you because you, I see that you are already showing up and putting in that time, putting in the initiative, like make it easy for them to help you. And it is way easier to help someone who shows initiative, who is motivated, who is like, you know, says yes to the opportunities and the invitation. If someone is somewhat apathetic or not engaged like the, the person in the front of the room or that leader, that mentor 
or that boss isn't going to be like, I want to help that person. Like be the person in the room where someone's like, I, I, I want to help you. I can't tell you how many times people are like, Marley, what do you need? How can I help you? Like all the time, because they see my desire to, to do what I do, but also like my openness to receive help. And I actually had a really beautiful conversation with a friend the other day and I had a really big keynote on Monday. It was like, well, I wouldn't call it a keynote. It was three and a half hour training, let's say, um, for 200 teachers. And I called up my friend on Sunday, um, just for like a little pep talk, like, like talk it out. I need some support. She's like, one thing that I really appreciate about you is that you ask for help. Like, and Mm -hmm. You're, she's like, you're really good at it. And she's like, I'm not, you know, I've, I just want to do it myself. And so that's the other thing. It's be helpable, but also ask for it. Like no one's going to knock on your door saying like, Hey, do you need a mentor? You need help. How can I, you know? That's great. So, I mean, it's true. If you're the disaffected person in the back of the room, no one's going to like care that much. This is, you know, there's other people in the front of the room leaning in and eager to engage, like that's who's going to get that person's attention, you know, who's in the front of the room trying to help. Um, you you kind of created like a a, a, a a career trajectory that in hindsight, like seems very sequential, like it makes sense. It, did it make sense in the, in, the, in the process? Like once you sort of got on the track to do the outdoor education piece, was there a path laid out for you that you just had to keep saying yes to? And, you know, like one by one, you kind of moved your way through or were there moments where you like, didn't know what came next? Oh man. <laughs> uh, there were many moments where I had no idea what was next. And I think, you know, yeah, when you're in the middle of the journey, it's really hard to know, like, where is this really going? Um, I, I think that part of it um, and part of my journey was you know, when I did, when I got my degree in outdoor education and I became a wilderness guide, uh, it's very seasonal. So it was like part-time work, three months here, six months there. And I remember I was like doing some job searching and I found a job posting and it said director of outdoor programs at Dartmouth college. And I was like, I loved college. I love the outdoors working out of college in the outdoors sounded pretty great. And I was like, okay, well, what job requirements, experience, all the things. And they, you needed a master's degree in student affairs administration. And I was like, okay. So then I started looking at different programs, uh, applied to one school, which was Colorado State University, uh, did not get in. I was like heartbroken. Then I was like a barista for a year in Boulder, Colorado, like making coffee and, you know, just trying to figure out what was next and applied to grad school again, three schools this time. Uh, and I got into Western Washington university, which is up in Bellingham, Washington. And, uh, so when I, when I started grad school, my whole goal was to take combine my outdoor ed experience with student affairs and to run an outdoor program at a university. Like that was kind of the, the goal. And while I was there, I started an outdoor orientation trip program for incoming freshmen to go on like a six day backpacking trip to build community and confidence and find the courage. You know, it's like kind of like this rites of passage. You're about to start this new chapter in your life. And I mean, I poured my heart and soul into creating this program in grad school. And then I got hired at the university in another department 
working with first generation students as an academic advisor, but I was like, this is my baby. Like I'm going to keep this going. And I had got like this three-year pilot thing, all of this stuff happened. And ultimately when they hired a part-time position, they didn't even make it full-time. Uh, they hired someone else to run the program I started. Ouch. And it was like, oh, like shot in, shot in the heart, right? Like just a punch in the gut to be like, I, I, was, dev- I was absolutely devastated. And because that was kind of this, this traje- trajectory of like, okay, well, I run the outdoor pro- orientation program, then I'll run the whole, you know, outdoor center. And, and actually, that was the moment where I was like, okay, if I can create something from nothing, which is, you know, what we we're talking about leadership, like to see an opportunity, like, oh my gosh, all of these students come to Bellingham because of this access to outdoor rec there's no outdoor orientation program. Like let's create one. I created one. Essentially I felt like it got taken away from me. This thing that I had created and burst into the world. And I was like, never again will I create something that can get taken away. And that really actually started me on the journey of looking for like entrepreneurship. Like what would that look like? If I can create it here, like what would I do if I could create things on my own terms without having to get all the permission and all the red tape and all the bureaucracy and all the things? So I started like leading my own retreats and putting on my own events and workshops and getting hired to speak at different places. And like that kind of mapped this whole other trajectory that, you know, I had never really thought about until that happened. So it's like all these little things happened along the way. Um, but it was never a clear path. <laughs> How old were you when you decided the entrepreneurship route? Like how many years ago was that? Um, I was that was so I left my full-time steady stable job like a, a little over six years ago. So mm. I was 32. That's I mean I made that decision. It's a big, it's a big leap. And yet you had you realized you had the skills and the aptitude and the I'm gonna use the word chutzpah uh, to bring something into the world that didn't exist and you didn't want it to be taken away from you again. And all I heard in my head while you were saying that was entrepreneurship. Entrepreneur, like I just in my head over and over again, yeah. I was like, do it yourself. Do, and then you were like, so then I decided I got to just do it myself and find out what that looks like. And you know, that that's great. I mean, it's powerful. Were there people in your life at that point who were entrepreneurs who would were speaking or running their own programs, or running their own retreats? Like, did you have that community or did you have to go and build that community? Yeah. Well, that was, that was really fascinating too, because part of my job was hiring other speakers for our events. And so I remember hiring Julian Gordon. I don't know if you've heard of him, but um, he's an amazing speaker. And I brought him to campus and I remember like giving him this check for like as much as I make in a month in a day, you know, and he made in an hour or whatever. And so I was like, can I take you to lunch? And so we went to lunch and I was like, how do I do what you do? Because what I really got and saw was like, okay, you're saying everything that I'm saying on a stage and getting paid like in a day what I make in a month. Like, let's just, what, what is, how, what's happening here, you know? Um, and then, I, so I hired and talked to a couple other speakers and then got immersed in, um, I started following Josh Ship and like You Speaker University. And so like I dipped my toe in the water there and and so I, it was just all of these little puzzle pieces that felt like I was bringing people in. And then there was an event that popped up for whatever reason. It showed up in my inbox called Pioneer Nation. And it was an event that is put on by Chris Gillibo here in Portland. 
And it was for entrepreneurs, like a weekend conference for entrepreneurs called Pioneer Nation. I was working full time at the university and I kept like, I, I saw it and I was like, I don't know, like, I'm not an entrepreneur yet, but like, I want to be, is this for me? Can I go like, blah, 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 like imposter stuff, all that. And I was like, I got to say, it was just like, I kept the, the screen open, right? Refresh, refresh, refresh. I sent them an email, like, even though I'm not an entrepreneur, can I come this whole thing? And I decided to go for it. Um, because I was like, if I want, again, I was like, I need to surround myself with people who are in the arena who are doing this. And I, at the time I didn't know that many people. I mean, I worked at the university, so that was kind of my world. Um, other than like the other speakers that I was bringing in and some people that I met online. So then I got to like be immersed in this whole community of people who were entrepreneurs. And, and then I went to the world domination summit that summer which is a other amazing group of awesome entrepreneurs and change makers. And so, yeah. Uh, I'm guessing though, that you didn't just show up. This is what I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing that, uh, first of all, once you decided to say yes, you went all in. I'm guessing you read about everybody who was speaking and really knew exactly what you wanted to get out of it, who you wanted to meet in the hallway. And that afterwards you followed up with people and you nurtured those relationships. It wasn't a one and never seeing them again kind of deal. Am right. I, am I guessing? Yeah. I mean, right? I still have, like, I met some of my best friends here in Portland. I met at that event at Pioneer Nation and the World Domination Summit. And ultimately, which is, it's why I moved to Portland is because of those events and the people that I met and stayed connected with, like you said. Right. Yeah. I just, I needed to, I needed to tease that out a little bit because (laughs) I think that a lot of people like kind of half-heartedly say yes to things, don't believe in themselves, don't know if it'll really work out, don't Mm. put the effort in. Um, Yeah. They're like, they're, they're the, they're the people who don't get seen and don't get the help. And, and then they say like, well, it just didn't work out or, you know, like no one wants to help me or whatever. It's like, it's like, oh man, you, you have the opportunities in front of you. You are the one who has to seek them out. So, mm-hmm. you know, this sounds a lot like what you did earlier in your life, saying yes yeah. to Outward Bound, committing to going to an intense multi-day event with people you don't know, which is a outbound. <laughs> I mean, Outward Bound, it's not, um, physicality might be a little different. The, the bedding is a little more comfortable, <laughs> but, right, exactly. you know, that's still the idea of like showing up to a world of, of unknowns and, and, and deciding to navigate it purposely. I mean, that's a I mean, you are like powerfully moving through the world and things are happening. Um, right. And people who are thinking like nothing happens because they're not, they're not being very powerful in how they move through the world. You know, it's like right. the yin yang of that. This is awesome. And what a cool trajectory. Um, did you ever join National Speakers Association along the way? I was curious. I did not. Yeah. Uh, so that's, there you go. That's on the horizon for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a professional member of NSA. The, their tagline informally is we're the ones who st- who talk they're the ones who listen <laughs> say. Um, nice. <laughs> so nice. um but i i left my career at the end of 2014 i was in nonprofit fundraising and i had been speaking on the side for five years and i committed to um you know this is i'm a professional speaker and i the following month joined the national speaker association because like you i was like well i need to be surrounded by people that do this and i actually said i'm gonna do this for 10 years in a row go to their conference and then decide whether it was worth it. And I thought that like, that would make me commit to getting as much as I could out of each experience. And now, like you said, I've met all the most amazing people and like, this is year, I think seven for me. So, you know, it just really, it, yeah, it's like that kind of level of commitment and desire 
yeah. and, and putting yourself in the right place. Like not just right. staying home, like, and, and Googling, <laughs> like you went in person and that, that, that's huge. Yeah. Where are you like, where is life ha- heading for you now? I mean, as you're thinking about this, like we, earlier I was talking about in your intro, um, you're doing the magnetic leader collective. I just wanted to hear a little bit about like, like what was briefly, like, let's talk about like the trajectory that got you to that. Like what's the need you're filling is clearly in your mind, you're only creating it because there's a void, there's an absence, something's, something needs fixing or, or to be improved upon. What is it that you're, what's the need you're trying to meet with creating this collective? Mm. Mm. Yeah, such a great question. Um, I feel like the need there is, I, I meet so many incredible women entrepreneurs specifically who have so much to offer and they're terrified of being visible, of being seen, of putting themselves out there. Uh, they, it's like they have this vision of what they want to create, but then there's anxiety, there's fear, there's self-doubt, there's second guessing. Can I really, who am I? And so I really wanted to create a, a coaching container or a space for them to like, become magnetic. And this is a word that like people, you know, when I speak at events, they're like, I love your energy and you're so magnetic. And so sometimes it's like, how do I help other people rise, rise up and like become the person like we were kind of saying, like that people are drawn to or people lean in and they hang on to every word you say, and you create opportunities, you create clients from not feeling like you're in the grind and in the hustle, but like in your energy, in your presence, in your being and how you're showing up and that people are like, I don't know what that is, but I want some of that, right? You know, there are people that you meet, whether online or in person, and you're like, you're drawn to them energetically. And it's like, I, I just want to be around them. And, and I've really been looking back over like, you know, almost now two decades of experience of like speaking, facilitation, leadership, and how do I weave all this? And then entrepreneurship too. And how do I weave all this together to really support these kind of emerging and aspiring like women change makers and movement builders and entrepreneurs who um, they want to build something bigger than them. They want to be on stage. They want to share their message and really trying to help them move through and work through the the fear and the anxiety and the barriers to them being where they want to be, being the person that they want to be and kind of seeing themselves as a leader. Like so many women, I know, even though they are like leading, I don't their family or their community don't identify with that word. And I'm like, own it, embody it, be it like, um, and, and be this like beacon of hope and light and possibility for other people. And so it's really just a desire to take everything that I've learned and share it with people that need it. Yeah. Yes. They could show up more powerfully in the world and have a greater impact and greater income and, you know, and deliver their message. I mean, I, I really, um, I really get what you're saying. Um, when I, I wrote a book in 20, 17 and and was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna do a program after you know the book was gonna go into a program and mm-hmm. when I was trying to figure that out um, I I sort of did a pilot and I didn't know who I was inviting you know I just sort of and then these these 
these women came and one dropped out. And then I went to do it a second time and I wasn't getting anyone signing up to call, to, to, to have a call with me about the program. But individually, all these women were like reaching out to do other engagements with me. Like, oh, Robbie, can you help with this? Can you help with that? And when I finally sat back and actually did a, I did like a day long, like business retreat with this uh, coach who happened to be a woman in her fifties. She helped me realize that all the women who were coming to me and showing up were all these women in their fifties. And the one who dropped out was in her thirties. And what I thought was so interesting was like the people who I, you know, I'm drawn to work with, and now it's not exclusively entrepreneurial women, but it is, it is predominantly entrepreneurial women. Um, What happens is it's people who, have a lifetime of doing something, of being an expert, of being really good at a 20 or 30 year career. And now they're trying to do something that feels new and novel and out of their comfort zone, whether it's like mm. take a coaching business and then add somehow a, a program, a coaching program, not a one-to-one, but a one-to-many or add a podcast or add a book or add, you know, speaking or bigger stages, right? Like there's some next level piece and they act like they're starting from scratch. Yeah. And not a 30 year history of being in the world. And I, and I hear that, like that, that disconnect between who they are and how they show up and Mm -hmm. how other people perceive them and how they see themselves. So it's great. Like, I think, you know, hopefully a lot, I think a lot of people listening will really resonate what you're talking about. It's my audience is predominantly that, that community. Um, And so I have a feeling they're going to get a lot of great feedback about this, this uh, program. And I loved hearing your sort of journey through to this place where you are able to very like, um, I'm going to say the word peacefully hold your power. Like, I think a lot of people are, are daunted by them. Like if, if they're having like that magnetism almost, almost feels scary to them. Mm. And you're like, no, like I, I know I have this, I know I've cultivated this and I know I'm doing it for the good of the world. And like, that's, you've arrived, you've worked hard, you've arrived at that place. And now I have a question for you that is sort of unrelated, but I'm going to weave it in somehow. <laughs> I want to know about the people who are in your life and how you're staying connected with them. Because I, you know, we just talked about, you've just had this amazing opportunities to be a part of so many different communities. Um, and I'm sure you didn't name like another dozen that, you know, have impacted right. your life. Right. And that you, you're really good at sort of like acknowledging and collecting those connections. But how do you sustain, how do you nurture and sustain those connections over time when you're not working with them all the time? Or maybe you only see them once a year at a conference or maybe five years ago, you work with them, but not now, but you like these people. They're not your innermost friends. You're not your inner circle. Um, they're like maybe the second and third layers of your network, but mm. do you have any habits or philosophies or practices that help you, you know, both keep, keep them top of mind and then stay top of mind? Yeah, that's an interesting, it's like, I, I can think about, you know, the first layer of like the people that I'm in communication with a lot, but I had something pretty fun happen today. And maybe this is part of my, my unstrategy strategy. I don't know if it's like an intentional strategy, but um, I spoke at an event. It must have been over five years ago. And I got an email from this woman today, this morning, saying, Hey, Marley, I saw you spoke, spoke, speak at this event. Uh, I work at this other college now. We're doing this thing. I'd love to have you, you, know, have you join us. Um, and I just, I picked up the, you know, it's like, I was about to send her an email, like, Hey, great day from you picked up the phone. Oh my goodness. So great to hear from you. So it was like phone call. Hey, is now a good time to chat. Right. Um, and she was like, even after all of this time, you, st- you like, so after that talk, I started following you 
And I just love seeing your videos and your posts. And like, you just have, you know, kept me inspired all of these years. You're someone that I kind of look up to. And so it's so easy to be like, oh, I just gave that talk to this one group this one time, you know, done. And I'm, I'm not the most consistent person when it comes to like posting and videos. I don't like for a while I did like a Wednesday weekly pep talk and I just, I did one today. Um, and now they're like a little bit more sporadic, but I think it's just continuing to be in the arena and like, and whether, and it doesn't have to, I think so many people don't post because maybe they don't have the schedule or they don't have it all worked out. Uh, I think I'm authentic. I'm genuine. I'm real. I share hopefully valuable things for people um, that keep me top of mind. And mainly I would say like Facebook is probably my number one place that I share. Uh, Instagram would be number two and email is probably number three. I love video. It's like the most fun for me. It's the easiest for me. And so um, sometimes I send, I send people, oh, that's, this is one thing that I do a lot. Um, I'll just think of a few random people and I'll just send them a 20 second Facebook video message. Hey, Amy, I was just thinking about you. I hope you're having a great year. Just want to reach out and say hi, like whatever. And it's fun for me because it's easy. I do it when I'm walking my dog usually. And I just, so that is, and people freaking love it. Um, There's, yeah, there's another woman that posted about, we're looking for a speaker for our event. How many emails do you think that she got? I don't know, 20 plus. How many video messages? I don't know, maybe one from me. Uh, video messages are my jam. I'm a big, big, big fan. What platform do you use usually if it's not Facebook messages or is it always through Facebook Messenger? Uh, Facebook Messenger or on Instagram, it'll be just like the the video uh, app there. I've used BombBomb. I've like tried that and that you can send videos that way. Um, I've used Loom before as well. Yeah, to send video I actually... Messages. I landed a really big ongoing client because during the interview process, I was being hired by a third party. And when I realized that, like kind of headhunting kind of position, I wanted to make sure that I somehow came across in the interview, like to the people who were actually going to make a decision. So I recorded a quick video that I dropped into my like reply message. Mm. And she told me later on, like, no one, she's, she's never seen anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> and like energy wise, it comes across. So, you know, you and I have looks like, you know, camera energy. So it makes sense. Um, right. I love this, like, walk, first of all, you, your habit stacking. I want to just call that out because if you, <laughs> if you attach walking your dog with doing these kind of things, like today I had 10 minutes, I, I've been in my desk all day doing producing virtual events. And I had 10 minutes to go outside and I was like, I'm taking it. I'm going to go for a walk. But I like my, I was tired and I didn't want to hear any, I didn't want like news or me. I just didn't want, and I, as I started walking, I realized I have a friend that I call when I'm randomly walking. <laughs> so I like called this one friend that for years, like we never do video. We are, we predate video basically as a friend. Yeah. And I called her and had like a seven minute conversation. It was like really rejuvenating. And it just was like, wow, like if that's a habit stack, like I now assume those things together. And if you're walking your dog and you do a 20 second video, super easy to do. A lot of people don't think to do that. They just don't take those moments yeah. and like, and, and like change up the connection. Right. Um, I also want to say uh, a challenge for you. What if you were more consistent with putting out? 
content, oh, whatever the kind of content it is. Yeah, yeah. Because clearly, you know, it's, it's, it's people are eating it up They're It's yeah. resonating for them. They're like something they can share, you know, totally. so. <laughs> yeah. It's something I want to get back on. I was really good for like a couple of years, every single Wednesday. Uh, so it's something I want to get back on. For yeah. sure. <laughs> all right. So we're, will you all, Marley? So challenge uh, accepted. You challenge all heard accepted. it here first. Marley is going to work. <laughs> no, I just, yeah. Like if a thing's working, you know. Keep doing it. Into it. I know. I know. That's really cool. Um, And then back before the, you know, in, in the before times, were you hosting a lot of things in person? Yeah. So I was actually, I was doing hosting monthly workshops here in Portland uh, in person and anywhere from like 30 to 40 people would come and super fun and people loved it. It was called Epic Facilitators Unite. Uh, and it was all about geeking out on facilitation. And so I would like lead some sort of interactive activity. We'd talk about it and getting people, you know, that, also the, just connected. That was a paid offer? Um, yeah. So it was like 15, 20 bucks, I think, for yeah. that event. And... Yeah, there was a few offers that I made at different times for different programs and things like that. So I had a monthly event and then I run an annual summer camp for women entrepreneurs called Camp Yes. So that is my big uh, once a year event that unfortunately didn't happen that last year, but will be happening this September. Um, so that is super epic and fun and transformational and summer camp and dreams and goals and, and all, so the, incredibly, all the things. It's so incredibly <laughs> on brand for who you are. Like <laughs> Professional camp counselor right here. Professional camp counselor for your dreams. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. How awesome. Um, so uh, my wrap up question that I love asking is, um, you know, if we were to stay connected and how could we not? Like, I just want to underscore that part. But yeah, uh, let's say it's a year from now, and you are sharing with me just how amazing this past year has been. What are we going to be celebrating? What are you most looking forward to in the year ahead? Mm. I'm most looking forward to a hundred incredible, amazing women entrepreneurs saying yes and joining us at Camp Yes. So I'm going to have celebrated a sold out full Camp Yes experience. Uh, I want to celebrate finally, finally dialing in my signature talk and my signature program instead of recreating the wheel all the time, which is what I'm really, really good at. Uh, and so that is something that's like my major, major focus is really dialing in on the Magnetic Leader Collective and really, I mean, it's really building my body of work that I want to share and really own and uh, even more. So those are like my two big celebrations that I want to, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate at the end of this year. I can't wait to celebrate with you. Those, those <laughs> sound like amazing things to be celebrating. Yeah. How can people find you and follow your work? Awesome. So you can go to my website, which is marleywilliams.com, M-A-R-L-I, williams.com. And you can also check out Camp Yes, which is uh, Camp dash yes.com and follow me on Instagram at Marley Williams and Facebook. Check me out. And I'd love to stay connected. Brilliant. We will put all those links in the show notes at on the Marley. Thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. Appreciate it. 
I hope you enjoyed that interview with Marley. Such a pleasure to speak with her and learn about her leadership journey. What is your key takeaway from our conversation? Something you'll put into action this week that you'll benefit from for years to come. Share what resonated with you in the show notes at ontheschmooze.com. Look for episode 249. That's also where you'll find all the links and resources from today's show, as well as all the archived episodes. Reach out and let me know which were your favorite interviews. If you enjoyed this episode with Marley, please share it with that one friend you know would love to hear it. And don't forget to subscribe so you dose next week's show. Are you a fan? That's awesome. I'd love to read your review in Apple Podcasts. Easy to find our page at itunes.ontheschmooze.com. Thank you in advance and look forward to connecting again next week. And I'll be interviewing another talent professional who's achieved success in their field or industry. I'll ask probing questions to get them to share untold stories about their leadership journey, how they built and sustained their professional network. Until then, have an amazing week. Thanks for listening to On the Schmooze podcast at www.ontheschmooze.com. That's On the Schmooze, S-C-H-M-O-O-Z-E. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.